0: We are not the greater light, we're the lesser light, but nonetheless, we have enough light to light up the night. The moon is not the great light, it's the lesser light, but God created it to be a reflection of the greater light in the midst of darkness, and that's what God has called us to be, amen? Amen, and so um, tonight, I just want to kind of... uh, continue in that vein and thought, and I'm not sure that I won't stay there on this coming Sunday, but uh, Hebrews chapter 1 and verse number 4, you know, the enemy, he's always trying to make a replica of what God has made. And in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 4, it says, being made so much better ...than the angels, as he hath, uh, by inheritance, talking about Jesus here, obtained a more excellent name than they. Uh, referring to Jesus being made so much better than the angels. As he hath, uh, by inheritance, obtained a more excellent name than they. The statement is a direct insult... To Lucifer, as it is that Jesus was made so much better than the angels. Uh, Jesus wasn't like just like a higher level of angel. He was so much better than the angels. He was the uh, he was God in the flesh. He was the Son of God. So remember, Lucifer was still an angel, right? this verse God reminded the angels including Lucifer that Jesus was made higher than they were so this passage of scripture here is direct uh, insult against the enemy or Lucifer Lucifer's rebellion in heaven was not I I, I want to make this statement and, and I'll then preference or speak to it but I don't believe that Lucifer's rebellion in heaven was so much against God as it was Jesus and it was more about the son than it was about God and while, while Lucifer's sin was the sin of pride he wanted to be like God he wanted to be equal with him Lucifer wanted to be a replica of God and not a reflection of God But he was a reflection of light. He was not the source of light, right? And so the pride, he lifted himself up. He exalted himself. He wanted to be a replica of that light. And the problem with this is this, that there was already one in heaven who was light. There was already one in heaven who was like God. He was equal with God, right? And it was the Son of God. And so the second person of the Trinity, the Jesus is his name. Jesus the Christ is the person that that is like God. He is, a, uh, he is equal with God. But Lucifer, uh, he began to desire to be the same level as God. So in essence, what he was really wanting to do is... Uh, the lucifer was wanting to be the son of god are you following me he's wanting to be on that same level as god he's wanting to be the light but there's already he already has a son and his name is jesus and so the son was everything lucifer wanted to be but never could be it was the Son who was like God. It was the Son who was equal with God. It was the Son who was God. And long before the cross, long before the Virgin Birth, long before the fall of Adam, Lucifer had an issue with Jesus. Amen. He thought that the word uh, he thought that the word in Hebrews one and four. God reminded Lucifer that he was not going to ever be the son of God, that he had shaped him and formed him as an angel. And that's what this verse four is telling him, that God has made Jesus a, a, so much greater than the angels. His name has, in the inheritance, he has received a name that is so much higher than their name. And so Jesus is everything that he is wanting to be and he, he uh, has obtained this sonship. He has also received the name that is higher and the enemy is always wanting to make a duplicate. He is wanting to try to make a replica of what is real. <laughs> and so the thing that we have to understand is, is that the enemy, maybe, he, he does not have creative power. He, he doesn't have the ability to make things, right? That's the reason why that there's still today just as many angels at, that, was, uh, that he has with him is the same amount that he was kicked out with because they cannot duplicate and they don't reproduce. And so there was a third of the angels that went with him but God uh, continued to have two-thirds but God has the ability to replace those angels because he's the one who created them amen so there's no shortage of angels God has replenished them and uh, so we, we need to understand that and you know and some folks say things you know they, they say weird things. They say, you know, well, whenever someone passes or whatever that God got, you know, they're turned into angels or whatever. We're, we're not going to turn into angels. We're going to get into that in a minute, okay? But he has the power to create angels. Hebrews 1 and 5 said, for unto which of the angels said he, at any time thou art my son? This day have I begotten thee. And again I will be to him a father. And he shall be to me a son. Of all the angels. God never called an angel his son. There is only one he called his son. And his name is Jesus the Christ. Amen. And so in Hebrews chapter one in verse 6 it says and again when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world he he said and let all the angels of god worship him amen i get this jesus is he is the one that is the beloved he is begotten. He, there is no one like God but Jesus. And all of the angels of God were to worship him. This means that every time that Lucifer come into the presence of Jesus, he would have to bow down. Amen. He has to kneel and acknowledge the lordship of Jesus Christ. When Lucifer approached God to inquire about Job he had to do so on his knees before the son of god amen why because he is an angel god established the law he established the rule and it was it applied universally but it also uh, applied unilaterally and that is this that all angels whether angels of light or angels of darkness, all angels have to bow to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And so this protocol establishes a spiritual law. And the, the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Lucifer all his, and all of his angels no matter, uh, you know, if they, they were in heaven, now they're dispelled out of heaven, but they still have to bow to the name of Jesus. Amen. Every demon in hell still has to bow to the name of Jesus. Every time that they come into the presence of Jesus, they have to know choice. Amen. This is proof that, the, that he is lower And Jesus is higher. That this isn't just, you know, as we have preached and we preachers, I'll put myself in there, we preachers, you know, we preach about Jesus and it sounds good and it's good preaching to talk about, you know, on the cross that Jesus and the devil got in a fighting match and it was an 18 round fight and all of that and and, and, but Jesus came out victorious and You know, and we get a big hoop and hollering. But the reality of it is there was no fight. There was no struggle. There was no battle. Lucifer was merely an angel. And Jesus is the son of God. Amen. And as I told you last week, the victory was won in the garden. It wasn't won on the cross. Whenever he said, not my will, but your will be done. The battle was won. Simple as that. Amen. It was done in a matter-of-fact way and Jesus uh, surrendered his will to the will of the Father and the battle was won. And so it tells us, it speaks to us and tells us that in our battles that we don't win battles in in public, we win battles in private. And so when we go into the secret place and we begin to pray and we call on the name of Jesus, then we begin to uh, we begin to bring him into the equation. So wherever Jesus is, the demonic the spirits have to bow. Amen. This tells us that angels are ministering spirits; they are flames of fire. For those of us who are into you know in, into spiritual things, this sounds so so very spiritual. But this is pretty dynamic here because when we look at this, we see that the ministry, the kingdom of God, is there is a contrast because between the angels and Jesus. In Hebrews, in the v- verse number eight, if you drop down there, it says, But unto the Son he hath thy throne, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness and a scepter of of thy kingdom Jesus has given has been given the throne Amen He's, his kingdom will be established and there will be no end His scepter will be the scepter of righteousness Amen it's good to be a ministering spirit but this pales in comparison to Jesus who was given the keys to the kingdom amen it isn't that we don't uh we don't uh see angels it's not that we don't uh believe in that that thing that that atmosphere that spiritual realm that they are real and and they come to minister to the heirs of salvation but the reality of it is and what I just want you to see tonight is is that that it isn't just some angels versus Jesus there isn't none of that he is above the angels far above them high above them amen And he has been given a throne. They are ministering angels. They they have a spirit of fire upon them. But Jesus has been given the keys to the kingdom. Now let's look at Christ and find ourselves in this kingdom. Let's look at our, find ourselves in scripture. In Psalms chapter 8 and verse number 6. Psalms 8 and verse number 6. It says, Who is man that thou art mindful of him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels. Now, you've heard me say it before. this, This word angel here is Elohim which we know is God, right? So I don't know if the translators, whenever King Jimmy had them do it, if they just couldn't catch that in their minds. And so they said, well, that can't be right. So, so we've got to do something a little different here. I don't know. But all I know is, is that, that where this word Elohim is everywhere else in the original, it says God. But here it says angels. And so, but, but just, just say that, that, that this is what God really meant. Let's look at this for, and consider this passage for just a minute. If we are a little lower in angels, I believe it's because that we are, we have mortality. We are mortal. We have a body that will die. We are flesh and we are blood. And when we die our bodies will decay and they'll decompose. But the angels are ministering spirits. They are eternal. They do not die. In light of mortality, in light of mortality, we are lower than angels. However, we have something that angels do not have. And that is a soul. Amen. We have an ability to repent. We have the ability to confess our sins to Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord. We have the ability to become saved because we have a soul. And therefore, we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are born again. And so we can sing that song that the angels cannot sing. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. But outside of that, we have to understand that, that Jesus and God, for that matter, loves, loves us more than he loved the angels. You say, well, how can you prove that? Well, I can. Whenever, the thir- whenever Lucifer was dethroned out of heaven and a third of the angels went with him, he didn't send his son to save the angels. But whenever man was lost and we didn't have a way back to the father, we didn't have a way back to God, then he sent his son because angels don't have a soul. They can't be saved, but we have a soul. So, therefore, he sent his begotten son that we could have life and have it more abundantly. So, when Jesus shed his blood on the cross, rose again on the third day, went to hell, and took the keys of death, hell, and the grave, then he ascended to the throne. And his father began to, and they began to apply the blood to the mercy seat. That's when he brought us up. And the Bible says that he raised us up together to sit in heavenly places with him. Amen. So even though that we, uh, we, we were seen in the Old Testament as being if you will lower than the angels because of our mortality if you want to look at that verse as it is written we never stayed there hallelujah but we were brought up whenever he put that blood on the mercy seat he made a way for us to have access into the throne room of God and he said that he is going to seat us together in worldly places Huh? heavenly places in Christ Jesus our Lord and so we we see that that he has brought us up to his level glory to God he has caused us to set together in heavenly places with him so we're no longer beneath amen but we're above get this everything that is under Jesus' feet is under your feet If we are blood-bought, if we have accepted Christ as our Savior, then everything that has been put under the feet of Jesus is under our feet. Romans tells us that we are joint heirs with Christ. Amen. We are connected to Christ. Joint heirs. If you have a joint account, it doesn't matter who puts in Anyone that's a part of the joint account can take out. Amen. I was reading, it's been many years ago, and, and, and I don't know if they still do it, but I know out west some of the ranchers and the families, they would put all of their money into one account. It was a joint account. And whoever put in, whatever they put in, whatever was there, everyone had, then that family had access to it. Till they could make a withdrawal and that's what jesus did for us he went to the cross of calvary he made the deposit of salvation eternal life glory to god amen and now we're joint heirs with him that what he has made a deposit in we can legally take a withdrawal from and he has made us amen in his likeness in his image And so we are connected to Christ. We are equal recipients of what God did for Jesus. Now we have access to it. We aren't lower than the angels anymore. We are joint inheritors. Man, we are sitting next to Jesus. Can you see yourself like that? Can you see yourself spiritually? we have been brought up if christ obtained a name through inheritance and i am a joint heir in the will then he has also given us a name amen that is above our enemy that is above our adversary Whatever your name is, blood-bought, spirit-filled, and, 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 and knowing who you are in Christ Jesus, then we are greater than the enemy. Our, what he has called us is sons, and he's called us daughters. We are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. We have everything that he has. His inheritance is our inheritance. We have his power. We have his authority, his wisdom, his strength. And we have the inheritance through his word. Amen. Verse 4 there, he's not only is God reminding Lucifer that his son is better than he is, but was telling him, that man is better than you too. In other words, Lucifer, the man you caused to sin and fall, the man that had, I had to cover with goat skin and blood of bulls and goats is better than you are. Any man who is in Christ. Amen is better than all of the angels there's nothing above Jesus there's nothing above those who are in Christ Jesus Amen. so we position ourselves we position ourselves to take authority whenever you're in a courtroom there is the defense attorney, there's the prosecuting attorney, there is the bailiff, and there is the judge. Whenever one walks into the room, if you do not know protocol and how that the culture is set up in a courtroom, you may think that the bailiff is the one in charge because he has the badge. But his power is limited. He is there to do what the judge tells him to do. The judge is the one who has the power. When an attorney st- steps up out, uh, and, he, and he begins to do something that's out of line, the judge just says one word or hits his gavel and puts him back into alignment. There is power there. The power is not in the attorneys. The power is not in the bailiff. The power is in the judge. Amen. And you say, well, why are you you saying that? Because your Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. One of the definitions of this term say so means to judge. And so it is saying, let the redeemed of the Lord judge. Why do we spend all of our time defending our God and defending our faith and, 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 and all of these things? Because, because we are all the time, uh, you know, the fear has come against us. Doubt has come against us. Worry has come against us. Unbelief has come against us. And, and, and God hasn't called us to be the defense attorney. He has called us to be the judge. Glory to God. He has called us to have authority, to sit upon the bench, to sit in the place of authority. And so it is up to us to determine what should be and shouldn't be allowed. We have the gavel in our hands. We, we, we preside over the courtroom. And we need to quit just allowing everything to go on, but we need to take that rightful place of rulership and tell the enemy that we are the ones that are going to take control of this circumstance, this situation, and we're going to declare we're going to stop objecting to sickness we're going to stop objecting to the enemy stop objecting to lack and and stop objecting to sickness and poverty and we're going to decide that we are not going to allow we're taking kingdom authority and say let the redeemed of the lord say so amen We need to know our function and our position. Too many Christians are defining why they should still believe. Why, they, why God is sovereign. Why God knows better than we do, etc. All of these things, we're still trying to defend that. But if we are doing what we need to do, it is not to defend The gospel it is to rule to take authority over those circumstances over those situations because God has given us the the position of the presiding judge in the earth amen and so wherever we are whatever is going on in our culture is a result either of the church functioning where it is to be or not to be to be functioning there. So all of our nation's issues and things that are are dealing with with is a result of the church either presiding as as authority or relinquishing that authority. Amen, amen. It doesn't say let the... judge let the redeemed of the lord say so amen and when you say so it's final amen now i know some of you you won't relate to what i'm about to say but uh whenever i was at home and i asked mom and dad told me to do something and i didn't want to do it i'd ask him why And they'd tell me, because I said so. It's done. It's over. That's the way it is. Huh? Because authority, power, (laughs) those over you said so. So in the same way, whenever we come into our spiritual realm and the spiritual atmosphere of what God has created and positioned us as sons and daughters of God, has positioned us in a place for us to say so. Amen. We need to walk into our prayer room and find the devil guilty. Guilty of trying to take our health, take our children, take our finances. Find him guilty and say, we say so. We need to issue a judgment against him. We need to say something. Amen. And let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We've been anointed to be a judge in our lives. Now, now get this and understand what I'm saying here. I think that you do, but, but it isn't to be judging folks. It isn't to judge people, right? It's to judge in a place of authority spiritually till we have dominion and have authority over the things that the enemy is trying to bring against us so we don't just stand up and defend ourselves and defend the gospel and defend God. No, we declare the word of the Lord. The judge's bench is the highest position in the courtroom. The bailiff, if he takes the judge and exhibit, he has to reach it up to him. I've watched Judge Judy. I think. I at least know her name. <laughs> if the attorney approaches the bench, they have to look up. When the defense makes Uh, ask for mercy they have to look up when the jury receives instructions they have to look up everyone has to reach up we have been raised up to sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus why do we continue to sit around the defense table when God has called us to the highest place He has called us up to sit with Him in heavenly places so that we can rule and have dominion over and have authority over the things in this earth. Judges make judgments on guilty or innocent, they issue decrees over money, over issues, over property disputes. Over assets, over uh, damages. They make judgments. And we don't need to defend our case. We need to take our seat on the bench. We need to decree the word the Lord has spoken unto us. Amen. We need to demand that the enemy make restitution. We need to stop being defensive and begin to be decisive, and say, "This is the word of the Lord, and this is what I believe," and stand on His eternal word. Amen. Amen. And so, whenever we find ourselves in that place, sometimes you know we we especially. Whenever you've been raised in church, or you, you've been, you've come through church. Uh, sometimes we get, we get uh, bad ideas of who we are. We're just an old wretched worm. Yes, we were just an old wretched worm, but that was before Calvary. Amen. Well, we're just a nobody. No, no, you are somebody. You're made in the likeness and image of God. He created us. Amen. And so whenever we start talking down about ourselves and degrading ourselves and disqualifying ourselves, then we're we're making a, a, a remark against the God who created us and made us for greatness. And so... You know, sometimes it's hard for us to believe that God has given us dominion and authority. But do you realize that, and I've, I've said it before, but I'll say it again tonight. Do you realize that what goes on in the earth isn't up to the devil, neither is it up to God? Yes, God is all in control. He is all authority. But yet he gave dominion to man to take authority in the earth. Amen, and that's the reason why he had to come in the form of a man, because he gave man delegated authority in the earth. And so, if he came any other way, he would have came into the earth illegally. So, therefore, he could not accomplish what he was needed to accomplish because man was had authority in the earth. So he comes in the form of a man into the earth, so he can come in legally because he's a legal God, right? And so he has given authority to us. And I believe today that that what happens in the earth, it's up to us. Man, it's up to us. And we have to, and, 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 and so many times we think, well, we're just a wretched worm or we're just this, we're just that. No, no, no. We have power. We have authority. We are greater than the angels. Glory to God. We're sitting in heavenly places with Father God. He has placed us there beside of our elder brother Jesus Christ. Everything that he has been put under his feet is now under our feet. And so we have to begin to think the thoughts of God and think like Christ. Amen. Amen. And so if we don't do that, then we will never be able to take our place and be what God wants us to be in the earth. But I believe that God wants us to understand that we have power over the powers of the enemy. Amen. And so if we are trained or we're taught that we're nobodies and we're nothings, then, then that's what sometimes it's hard to bust people out of that. That's the reason why you can take somebody that knows nothing about church or God and they and tell them, and they believe it. And yet, we that have been taught all of our lives in the church, we we struggle with believing who God said we are. Amen. So it's a lot of fun being around folks whenever we'll just believe the word. Amen. A and I was in a revival. One time, and, and a lady come and got saved uh, one night, and the next night she come back, and and um, she didn't know church to them and protocol and all that stuff. All she knew is she felt something that she liked, and, and in the midst of the worship, she jumped up and said, great balls of fire. I said, I like that lady right there. <laughs> she isn't religious, you know. She wasn't saying kumbaya, hallelujah, glory. She just said, I I feel something. You know, we got to take our place in the kingdom. Be who God's called us to be and be light in darkness. Take our position of authority and rule and reign in Jesus Christ. Not we that ourselves, it's not I that lives, it's Christ that lives in us, right? We all know that. But praise God, we are here with power. We are here with authority, and we're not just old, wretched worms uh, waiting for life to get done. Glory to God. Amen. Well, that's what I have for you tonight. I hope it encouraged somebody and strengthened someone. I'm excited about next uh, Wednesday night, getting in the Word and getting in the Book of John, and uh, it's a all of it's good. But it's a great place to start got also the book of romans working on that and getting it laid out and uh so i'm i'm excited about this time i hope that you'll invite somebody to come and be a part of our services together and uh it's going to be a great time amen praise god if you uh if-